Ohio entrepreneur joining the space race on a journey that's never been done before. We want to do serious research that has real opportunities to make a difference. WLWT's Stephen Albritton sits down with Larry Connor for his final one-on-one -on -one interview before liftoff. It's challenging, but that's part of the excitement. His groundbreaking mission and how it could change life on Earth. Impossible is really only impossible if you think it's impossible. On TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story, but here we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to greater Cincinnati. I'm Stephen Albritton, and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. A trip more than a year in the making, and now liftoff is finally closing in. After multiple postponements of the Axiom 1 mission on a SpaceX rocket, the first all-civilian crew to visit the International Space Station is scheduled for a Friday launch. We met up with Dayton entrepreneur Larry Connor about a month before liftoff. Here's our conversation. Take us back to where this whole idea came from, because I think a lot of people are going to say, like, why is Mr. Connor going into space? So take us back to day one when this whole idea came, came about. Uh, 2014, Sunday afternoon, reading an article on the internet about a fellow from the U.S. who went with the Russians on their Soyuz to the International Space Station. And I thought, that'd be an unbelievable challenge to do, but also a great opportunity. So here we are, eight years later, uh, and ready to go uh, on March 30th. Yeah, a lot of excitement surrounding it, and I think a lot of people would be wondering what you're going to be doing up there, but we talked about this before. This isn't just space sure. tourism. This isn't just a guy going to yeah. hang out in space and get the view from 100 miles up. What's it going to be like when you get up there? Yeah, so I'm closing in on 900 hours of training over the last six months. Uh, the space tourists will do 10 or 12 hours of training, and they'll be in space for 10 minutes. Our mission is 10 days. We're gonna conduct between myself and the other astronauts. There's four of us. This is the first all civilian crew. Uh, we'll conduct 21 experiments uh, over some 100 hours worth of time on the International Space Station. So yeah, it's been six months of rigorous work and training, but I think it'll all be worthwhile. Yeah, I, I think it absolutely will be too. What's been the most difficult part of it so far? The training. The training, take, take us, take us <laughs> in. Yeah, and it's not physical. People say, well, physical training, yes. To be what NASA considers a private astronaut, you have to pass many standards, one of which is physical fitness. But really the last six months has been a lot more about learning all the NASA systems on the ISS, and then from SpaceX, that's who we're going with, the Crew Dragon, learning the systems there. Uh, especially challenging for me, because I'm the pilot. So there's two mission specialists, I'm the pilot, and the commander is a former uh, astronaut, Mike Lopez Alegria. And with that, you're, you're the pilot, so tell the people, um, they, they think pilot, they're probably gonna think you're gonna be in control, hitting the go button, tell us yeah. what, what the pilot's gonna be doing. Yeah, it's really not that. My role is really to support the commander. Uh, so we're really monitoring systems. The SpaceX Crew Dragon is an amazing craft. 
uh, lots of redundancy, lots of safety. Uh, and so that'll be our job. And if there was any what they call manual piloting to be done, Mike could really be doing that as a commander and I'd be backing him up. You know, with that, you're you're going to space in about 27 days, assuming the launch is still goes as scheduled with yep. weather and everything that goes with it. Are you scared at all? No. And, and people say, wait a minute, why? If you go through the NASA training, if you go through the SpaceX training, keep in mind this has been rigorous for six months, but it's been going on for almost a year. I think you're so well prepared. You know, are you gonna be a bit nervous, anxious, excited? Sure, I think all of the above. But uh, I have absolute confidence in our whole team, the AX-1 crew, uh, NASA, and SpaceX. And, and what do you tell your friends and your coworkers when they ask about it? Because I'm sure it was probably somewhat of a surprise, maybe not a big surprise. I know you, you fly planes, you, you rally cross drive, you, you race things. So sure. you, you've done these you know, exciting things sure. in your life, but what's that, that conversation like with people close to you? So believe it or not, I don't get a lot of questions like that. Now, when we first announced it, which has been a bit over a year ago, you certainly had some people, but I think most people were not surprised. Number two is, you know, you'll get a few people say, well, are you a thrill seeker or risk taker? The answer is no and no. I think you have to be very professional, very thorough, very thoughtful, and you gotta manage any risk. And that's what we're doing here. And uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable and confident we can execute, because we really do have a responsibility. You know, we're the first private crew to ever go to the International Space Station. Well, from the beginning, it was our mantra and expectation that we are going to train and perform to the professional astronaut standards, and I think we'll be successful executing that. Yeah, I can't, can't wait to see it all happen. So let's go back to your training. What you mentioned that you know the you know, they do a lot of tests and a lot of rigorous training. Was there sure. any point where you said to yourself that nah, it's it's not going to be worth it? Or I, I I couldn't get through this. Or maybe there was one test that was just really tripping you. Sure. Up. Can you take us into any point like that? Yeah, it's a good question, Stephen. And I think uh, better said was there any point you felt like man, I'm in the deep end of the pool and drowning. I would say repeatedly, especially in the first month or two, because space technology, space acronyms, space language is quite different that I'm used to, even as being a pilot of a lot of different kinds of things. So, you know, it's challenging, but that's part of the excitement, part of the opportunity is to meet those challenges. But as I said earlier, along with that comes some responsibility and you know, you gotta get it right and I think we will. I think you will. Did you, <laughs> I mean, growing up through all the success that you've had, you know, mm -hmm. young boy going off to school, starting this company, sure. was there any thought about like, I can go to space one day? Like have you ever, have you thought back and, or sat back and like looked at all of this as a whole yet? No. So some people, a couple of the other guys on the mission 
dreamed as kids going to space. I never did. Never even thought about it, never even considered it. And literally, if you would have asked me even 10 or 15 years ago, I might have said, well, that sounds interesting, but it wasn't until, you know, we all have moments in our lives where something kind of clicks, and it wasn't until 2014, me reading this article, that I'm like, well, I think that's possible. I don't think it'll be easy, but I think it'll be worthwhile, so. And what's beyond this? You, you talk about you have 100 hours of experiments set to do over 10 days on the sure. ISS. What will these experiments hope to prove or disprove and sure. you know, help people back here on Earth in the future or in space since that's where these tests are? Yeah, so I am working really closely with Cleveland Clinic and Mayo Clinic. We're doing experiments on heart, back, spine, aging, and brain tissue. And I'm a layman, but based upon my layman's knowledge, uh, being able to do experiments in space and microgravity is game changing. And so one of the requirements that we all had doing this was we want to do serious research that has real opportunities to make a difference. And while it's not a guarantee, uh, I, think, uh, I think our chances of executing on that are good. Is there something you're looking forward to when you do get there? I, I hear astronauts of the past, like the biggest thing that kind of hits them is they see how lonely Earth is and how bright blue it is and how yeah. the border is. Is there anything you're kind of looking yeah, forward to? Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, the view is supposed to be out of this world. And so I'm certainly looking forward to that. But part of it is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So I think kind of taking it one step at a time and just living kind of in the moment and experiencing everything, at least that's going to be my approach. So I don't think you want to get too high, too low. You're not going to do everything right. Uh, Crew 3 is up there right now. We've met Crew 3, great trained professional astronauts. We're going to try to assist them. We're going to be doing our experiments. So, so. Uh, you know, we just need to kind of take it one day at a time. Each shuttle launch that price to go into space is getting a little bit cheaper, so the investment clearly seems to be paying off in the long run. Yeah, and so there has been, Stephen, some criticism or question about, hey, you're spending all this money. And I think that's a fair question and concern. I would have a couple thoughts. One, anytime you're doing early development, especially game-changing technology development, it's very expensive. So my hope is us making this investment, spending this money for future generations will make it a lot more affordable and open to other people. Two, to put this in perspective, we're here at our, our headquarters office. We have a not-for-profit called Connor Group Kids and Community Partners. We will invest 10 times the cost of this flight in endeavors in communities like Dayton and Cincinnati and other communities to serve under-resourced kids. So while it's expensive, we think in the end uh, it's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you found out about yourself during this process? 
I mean, you've done so much already in your lifetime. Is there something new that you discovered about yourself? Uh, I don't know if it's new, but I'm, you know, some of the testing and rigorous standards we have to make. I was telling you earlier about this emergency mastery that every professional astronaut has to pass. Three-hour oral exam. Uh, I remember just how much I really hate studying for finals. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, more with Larry Connor. We've all seen it. That check engine light in our car. Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather, Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast. We're back with more Larry Connor on the Beyond the Studio podcast. First question up, his advice to any kid thinking about trying to be an astronaut or an entrepreneur looking for success. Yeah, so so two-part question, uh, but a little bit of the same answer, whether you're a young person or a young entrepreneur, is don't set limits. Aim high. Impossible is really only impossible if you think it's impossible. Don't let other people tell you that you can't do something. Uh, I had some times in my growing up experiences and earlier in life where uh, people doubted what I could do. And certainly maybe myself I did a few times, but I at least went and made the effort and didn't try to set boundaries. and. It's turned out pretty well. I would say so. Yeah, you've done pretty well for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And with that, I, for, I forgot that you were in the deepest part of the earth not very True. long ago in Mariana's Yes. What was that like? Yeah, so what happened was after the AX1 uh, announcement in January, an exploration group uh, that's based in Guam contacted me and said, look, we are doing research in the Mariana Trench. That's the deepest place in any ocean, 36,000 feet down in what they call Challenger Deep. Would you be interested in taking a dive? So I'm really interested in research. So I did some exploring myself, questioning. And so I came back and proposed not one dive, but three. So I traveled to Guam and then traveled another 21 hours on a boat. And we did three dives in six days, one to 36,000 feet, one to 35,000 feet in Serena uh, deep. And then the last one uh, to a place that nobody's ever been, an extinct volcano, but down 25,000 feet. So yeah, unbelievable experience, but long days. The dives were about 12 hours and you're uh, in a titanium sphere, two of us, that's about five feet by five feet. Right, because obviously the pressure down there is, is and, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and once you get below 600 feet, it's all dark. We fortunately had cameras and lights. So, yeah, it was a it was a phenomenal experience. Mm -hmm. And with the cameras and lights, did you, did you see anything wild outside? Yeah, we did. Uh, we are the first humans to ever see the Mariana snailfish. 
they have taken photographs of that before, but nobody's ever seen one. And we actually saw it on our third dive, literally at 25,000 feet. And I knew it was something special, but again, I'm a layman, I didn't know what it was, but we did a bunch of uh, really good research on the mother vessel we're on. There were seven scientists, though. They were ecstatic with all the things we did that week. Yeah, so to sum it all up, you're going from 35,000 feet down to 100 some odd miles up in the air to the yep. space station. Like, put it in words. I mean, that's pretty incredible when you say it out loud. Yeah, but again, I think don't try to get too far ahead of yourself. You know, we did the first uh, uh, research uh, exploration. It was great. And now we have the next one. And, you know, like any of these things, you got to train, you got to prepare. You know, you need to mentally be in the right place and then uh, count on your teammates, count on the teams, count on the equipment and probably turn out fine. A big thank you to Larry Connor for his time and Godspeed to him and his crew on their mission. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening. <laughs>